Hey church, I uh, want to welcome you to our online services. Uh, super thankful, especially for the moms who are joining us today. I want to say to you, happy Mother's Day. Um, I hope that you will be blessed by uh, joining us today. Um, and not only that, maybe even challenged to see the significance of your role um, as, as a, a spiritual influence in your family and even in the church. And so I just want to begin by praying together uh, and then opening God's word to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's pray. Uh, Father, we thank you for the power of your word. God, as we open it in faith, God, we know that you speak. And so, God, would you give us ears to hear today? God, as you speak through your word, would you speak to us individually? God, would you encourage the mothers who are, are, who are uh, listening and joining us today? Would you challenge us to see the significance of the role of of our mothers in our spiritual legacy and our spiritual heritage, Father. I pray now, God, you would also speak to us as a church that, God, as we gather together in different places, different homes, God, and and with our families and small groups, that, Father, you would speak to us as one, God, that we would hear from you today. We pray it in Christ's name, amen. All right, so today we're gonna be in 2 Timothy chapter one. Uh, The title of the sermon is The Legacy of a sincere faith. And today we're going to be talking about um, not only just the, the, the legacy of a sincere faith, but the specific role that, that mothers have in that legacy. Um, but before we do that, just, just want to acknowledge that, that for many, Mother's Day is, is difficult because on one hand, there's this joy of celebrating moms and what moms do for us and the investment they make in our lives, the sacrifices uh, that they've given. But on the other hand, there's also the difficulty for some who've, who've maybe recently lost a mother or maybe, maybe a young woman who's trying to, to get pregnant and become a mother for the first time and is, is having trouble doing that. And so there's, there's this tension with, with Mother's Day. And so we, we do celebrate uh, moms with gratitude. And at the same time, we acknowledge that struggle that many of you may be facing right now. And, and on top of that, um, there's this, this added layer of, of the coronavirus and, and our inability to gather together like we normally would on Mother's Day, to be together as a large family. Uh, many of, of our mothers um, are older in age, and so they're not able to be uh, with the whole family. And so I know this is just a challenging Mother's Day for everybody. And so moms, I hope that you are encouraged today um, by God's word as he speaks specifically to you. That's my hope for you today. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1, starting in verse 3. Let's read this together. I I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors, with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you, that I may be filled with joy." Let me just give a little context here that'll help. So this is a letter from the Apostle Paul to a a young pastor by the name of Timothy. Paul is writing from prison in Rome, and he's essentially waiting his death sentence. This is Paul's second letter to Timothy, and and more than likely his last letter that he writes. And so Paul is um, at a place in his journey where he's reflecting on the things that really matter the most in in life and you can already begin to hear that theme here as Paul talks about remembering and 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 Paul as he opens up here he's remembering really in two directions he's remembering backwards and, and what I mean by that is he's thinking about his spiritual legacy his his spiritual heritage as he mentions here um I thank God whom I serve 
as did my ancestors. So you can just picture Paul there in prison thinking about his ancestors, his family members who, who went before him and set that example of faith in God. But he's also remembering forward in a sense as he's thinking about Timothy. He's thinking about his own spiritual legacy and, and those who would come after him and follow his example. And he's writing to Timothy from that heart attitude saying, Timothy, listen, I, I want to I I remember what God has done not only for me, but what God has done through me. And then we're going to see he's going to encourage Timothy to do the same, to, to think about and to remember the spiritual legacy. We'll pick this back up in verse 5. He says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. And so now Paul is going to shift from just thinking about his own spiritual legacy to thinking about Timothy, and he's going to be encouraging Timothy to remember those same things. So what Paul's going to do is he's going to talk about Timothy's sincere faith, and, and not just talk about Timothy's faith, but, but first he's going to talk about the source of Timothy's faith, where it came from. And so what he says here to Timothy is, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother and then also in your mother. Now, this idea of a faith that dwells is the idea of a living faith. It makes me think of James chapter 2 where James is talking about um, not all faith saves us. He says, James says, even the demons have faith and they shudder, uh, but that, that faith doesn't save them. Why? Because that faith is dead. It's faith without works. And so as Paul writes about this faith, this living faith that, that first existed or dwelt in Timothy's grandmother and then his mother, he's thinking of a living faith, a faith with works, a faith that you could see even on, on the outside. And so uh, Paul is beginning to describe this sincere faith that first dwelt in Timothy's grandmother and then in his mother. Now before we talk any more about the attributes and what Paul is talking about as he describes Timothy's faith as a sincere faith, I want to just talk for a minute about the dynamics of, of men and women and, and specifically like fathers and mothers. And so we know that from God's good design, there is this design for the family and even for the church where, where men are called to lead. And, and so we, we know that's, that's true. It's how God has designed it. However, we, we function and live in a fallen world where that, that beautiful design has been corrupted and, and even distorted. And, and so like, for example, I, I grew up for the most part in, in a home that was, that was led by a single mom. Um, dad was available the first couple years of my life. I don't have many memories then. Most of my parental memories are, are of my mom. Mom taught me how to get dressed for school. Mom taught me how to work. Mom, mom taught me how to go fishing. Mom taught me how to go hunting. And so my parental memories don't include much of, of dad. And I know there are many single moms listening here today. And what I want to say is just because God has called men to be the spiritual leaders in their homes, many homes that even have a dad present right now, dad is still not leading or is not the spiritual leader. And so moms, what I want to say is don't underestimate 
your, your role, the significance of your role in shaping the faith of your children, just because God has called men to lead does not mean that, that moms or women in general don't have a significant role both in the home and in the kingdom. And we see that here in Timothy's life. This young pastor and Paul is, is encouraging Timothy, remember where this faith came from. It first dwelt in your grandmother. Why wasn't Timothy's grandfather mentioned? I don't know, maybe he wasn't in the picture or maybe he wasn't a believer. And then he, then he mentions Timothy's mom. Remember the sincere faith that, that also dwelt in your mom. And so now as we turn now to what Paul meant from, by a sincere faith, what I wanna first do is just to describe this idea of sincerity here. Um, the word actually could be translated irrevocable meaning unchanging, immovable, never going away. And so when, when Paul describes Timothy's faith as a sincere faith that he received from his mother and his grandmother, he's describing this long-lasting faith, faith that has been tested, faith that has been challenged, faith that has, has walked through difficult seasons, seasons of hardship, maybe even suffering. And, and in, in the end, this faith is sincere in that it was irrevocable. It, didn't, it was immovable. It didn't go away. And so as Paul is sitting there in prison talking to Timothy, he says, I am reminded right now of your sincere faith, a faith that first dwelt in your grandmother, then it dwelt in your mother, and now I am sure it is dwelling in you. And I think that moms, grandmothers even, severely underestimate their role in the faith of their children and even their grandchildren. And I think in some ways, um, this is a call for mothers to, to step into the significance of that role as a living example of sincere faith, irrevocable faith, immovable faith. Now we want to look um, at the attributes of this sincere faith that Paul mentions here uh, in verse 7. God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of what? Power and love and self-control. This word power is uh, literally means strength. So we're not just talking about physical strength. We're talking about physical, mental, and spiritual strength. So as Paul is thinking about this sincere faith that was passed on from, from a grandmother to her daughter and now to Timothy, he's thinking about a powerful faith, a faith that is strong. But not only that, he's thinking about a, a faith that displays itself in love. And the Greek word here is the Greek word agape. It's the word that we use to describe God's perfect love for us. And, and so not only do we describe God's love in that way, but the word when we apply it to uh, human relationships, it's this idea of generosity and kindness and devotedness and genuine concern. And when we think about the people in our lives who most frequently display that kind of love towards us, surely moms are at the top of the list. Like inherently, God has designed the mother's heart to be generous, to be, to be uh, self-sacrificial, to, to display kindness and concern and devotedness. But not only we see that love is this outpouring of the sincere faith, we see self-control is mentioned as well. It, depending on what translation you're reading from, the NIV translates this word self-discipline. Uh, the King James uh, translates this as soundness of mind. 
And so the idea of what Paul is describing here and the sincerity of Timothy's faith, he's, he's mainly referring to uh, this idea of controlling what we do with our minds. And so he sees this in Timothy, this, this faith of, of power and love and self-discipline. He's saying, listen, this faith first dwelt in your grandmother and then your mother, and now I see it dwelling in you as well. And Timothy, I'm encouraging you to remember. Remember where you first saw this faith. And we're gonna pick this up now in verse eight. Therefore do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share in suffering for the gospel by the power of God, who saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began, and which is now has been manifested through the appearing of our Savior Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. And what Paul is doing in these three verses is he's essentially he's pointing Timothy to this gospel. And in just a moment, he's gonna talk about how this gospel has been deposited in Timothy's life, and that's ultimately the source of his faith. The faith that that his grandmother passed on to his mother and now has been passed on to him is rooted in this gospel truth. But I love how Paul uses the word us here. Who saved us, who called us, he gave us. Us And I think the us is so much bigger than just Paul and Timothy. I think Paul is thinking about his ancestors. I think he is thinking about Timothy's grandmother and his mother. And he's thinking about all who have believed this gospel. That is the us. And as he's reflecting on uh, Timothy and even his own uh, ancestors and, and, and legacy and heritage, what, he's, what I think he's pointing to is this significance of, of the role that parents play in God's unfolding plan of redemption. Now think about that. God is unfolding his plan of redemption. It's moving forward in history. And how is it unfolding? It's unfolding through people believing the gospel. Right, well, where, where are they hearing the, the gospel? Where are they seeing this faith in Jesus exemplified? Well, by God's desire and design, children would, would first hear of this gospel and first see the sincerity of faith in their own homes. And here in this passage, Paul is highlighting the, the significance of the role of, of moms so that when your children hear that they can be saved, that they can be um, reconciled to God in an eternal relationship that transforms them into the image of Christ. And they hear that they can have all of this by simply believing or having faith in the gospel that our children would know what faith looks like because they've seen it in us. They've seen this sincerity of faith exemplified in their parents. Parents, Mom, specifically today, we cannot underestimate the role that God has called us to play in his unfolding story of redemption. I'm gonna pick this up now in verse 11. We're gonna get now to some application. So now what, Tim? What's, now what, Paul? What do you want me to do with this information? Verse 11 says, for which I 
Again, referring to the gospel for which I was appointed a preacher and apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do. But I am not ashamed for I know whom I have believed and I'm convinced that he is able to guard until that day what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the deposit entrusted to you. Before we get to this call to action for Timothy, I want to look first at what Paul, how Paul is describing the impact of the gospel on his own life. And, and moms, I want to encourage you to think about what you want most for your children. Paul says, I am not ashamed. I mean, isn't that what we want for our kids? That they would not be ashamed of their faith. They would not be ashamed of, of their, their, their morals and what they believe to be right. That in the world we're sending them off into, that they would, they would navigate this culture and navigate the journey that God lays out for them without shame, without being embarrassed. And he says this, I know whom I have believed. I know as a dad and, and parents you can probably relate to this, what I want is I want my kids to know what they believe. I don't want them to believe because dad said so or because mom said so or because somebody at the church said so, but I want them to know who it is that they have placed their faith in, to know whom they have believed. And I love Paul's conclusion here. He says, I am convinced. I'm convinced that he, being Jesus, is able to guard until the day what has been entrusted to me this gospel that has been deposited into my life. So as we think about the sincerity of faith that was passed down from generation to generation, we're not simply just talking about um, a generic version of faith, but we're talking about a faith in not just something, but someone, a faith in Christ. The sincerity of faith that Timothy now exemplifies in his own life, he saw in his mother and his grandmother. His grandmother believed and trusted in Jesus. And she passed on that faith to her daughter, to Timothy's mother. And Timothy saw this in his mom, saw this, this mother who, who believed wholeheartedly and was convinced that Jesus was the Messiah and the Savior. And so now what Paul is going to do is he's going to encourage Timothy to, to, to fan this gift in, into flames. I want you to think about that. Paul mentions this uh, earlier. We read this. In uh, verse six, he says, for this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. We know that he means a lot by this word gift, but ultimately what he's saying is this, this gospel that has been deposited into your life, it's like a burning ember. Now for me, this, this brings to mind the visual of like building a campfire. And, and the people who know me well, my, my friends who know me well, know that I really enjoy building a, a good fire. Like, not in a, in, a, in, a, in a weird kind of way, but in a, like, in, I love to gather people around a good fire, a fire that's burning, that's, that's hot, that's not too smoky, that's just, just right. And so I take a lot of pride in building a fire, taking a small ember and small twigs and, and fanning that into flame. And that's the description that, that Paul is laying out for Timothy with this sincerity of faith that he would fan this, this gospel that has been deposited into his life that's producing the sincerity of faith that we, he would fan that into flame, build it into this beautiful fire that gathers people around 
And he tells him two things here on how to do that. The first thing he tells him in verse 13 is follow the pattern. Follow the pattern of sound words. Timothy, don't depart from this path. What path? The path of sound words. Don't depart from this pattern. Follow it. Follow in the same mindset, the same sincerity, the same boldness of faith that you witnessed in your mother and your grandmother, this irrevocable faith. Follow in that pattern. And then he mentions a second thing here. He tells him to guard the good deposit entrusted to you. I want to just take a moment to, to thank the mothers out there, especially the mothers uh, who have deposited in their children this, this gospel truth. This is what Paul is talking about here. Hey, I want to thank you for depositing that into the lives of your children. I know, moms, sometimes you can feel um, discouraged or feel like you're not up to the task or not equipped to do all that you've been asked to do or, or expected to do. But at the end of the day, I'm sure that Timothy's mom felt that way too and her mom felt that way too. And at the end of the day, what, what Paul is celebrating here in Timothy is how this sincerity of faith, this irrevocable faith has left this legacy for Timothy that we passed on, presumably to his children if he has them, certainly passed on to, to the members of the church that he leads. Mom, the, mom's the greatest deposit you can make in your children's life is a bold and sincere faith that compels your children to live boldly for Jesus in power and in love and in self-control. And don't es underestimate your role in the spiritual journey of your children. Now, I wanna speak to everybody else. See, the, the, the temptation is that when we, on Mother's Day, we stop to talk about moms in a very specific way. Everybody else checks out. But listen, this is for all of us. Everybody who's listening right now, we are called to fan the gift of our faith, this, this gospel deposit that has been made into our life, to fan that into flame. How? By following the, the good patterns, that, the pattern of sound doctrine, the pattern of sound words that have been, has been set for us and to guard that deposit. Now, some of you, when you hear that, you, you think about those, your ancestors, your spiritual legacy, and maybe you had grandparents who, who put that deposit into your life, who shared the gospel with you and exemplified a sincerity of faith. Or maybe you're listening right now and, and, and that was exemplified in your parents. Maybe you had parents or, or at least one parent who, who set that example for you. Or maybe you're thinking about um, a mentor you've had, a church leader, a Sunday school teacher, a youth leader, or a pastor, or, or some other spiritual mentor who's made that deposit in your life. But some of you, maybe you're thinking, I've never had any of those examples. I can't think of anybody who has exemplified a sincerity of faith for me. And so maybe today is the first time in your life that the gospel has been deposited in your heart that you've heard maybe for the first time that, that Christ has died for your sins and on the third day he resurrected and that by faith in him, 
you will be made alive, forgiven of sins, reconciled into this eternal relationship with God. Maybe for you today, it's, it's just a small ember, but there is this, this ember of, of sincerity of faith right now. So my encouragement to you is to fan that into flame. Fan this gift into flame by living boldly for Jesus in power and love and self-control. As we wrap up today, I want to leave you with three questions for reflection and maybe even discussion there in your home. The first question is this, who has God used as a spiritual influence in your life? As Paul thinks about his spiritual influences, he encourages Timothy to think about his spiritual influences. Who have those spiritual influences been in your life? Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's not a family member. Maybe it was a childhood friend, somebody you knew in high school, and maybe they have no idea the impact of their spiritual influence on your life. Maybe for you it is a parent or a grandparent. Take a minute to think about who has God used as a spiritual influence in your life? And the second question is really a follow-up to that. If you have seen uh, a sincere faith displayed as an example for you, take a few minutes to remember. And if you're with somebody right now, share. Share with your family. Share with your friends how that person was an example of sincere faith. What did that look like for you? And then third and finally, just want us all to think about what would it look like for you to live your life more boldly for Jesus in power and in love and in self-control. As we think about the, the spiritual legacy that has been passed on to us, maybe we, we didn't receive that, but you can start that today. You can become the spiritual legacy for your children and the generations to come. Simply trusting in Christ and fanning that faith into flame. I want to pray for us now as we wrap up. Father, thank you for uh, this word today from 2 Timothy. Thank you for the way uh, the Apostle Paul, as he reflected on the role of his spiritual ancestors, God, how that was an encouragement to Timothy to think about his own family members, his mother and his grandmother, who, who passed on that sincerity of faith in Jesus to him. So, Father, now we stop to think about those who have been an example to us for some of us, those are family members. For others of us, those are church leaders or, or coworkers or childhood friends or neighbors. And so, Father, as we think about those examples that, that have been set for us, God, may we today th- see our own legacy. As Paul encouraged Timothy to think about that, could we think about that as well? Those who are following in our example, God, that we might pass on that sincere faith the faith of power and love and self-control. And may we guard that deposit that has been placed into us and fan it into flame. We pray these things in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.